Guess we'll get started, and uh, I'll open in prayer. Father God, thank you for your glory and your mercy and for being our Lord and our Savior. Thank you for giving us this time to come together as your body, as your church, to grow together, to learn together, um, to be one, and to sing your praises in one voice. Lord, I pray that we can have one heart and one mind as we uh, continue to just understand who you are more each and every day. I pray that we can fellowship together and love on each other the way that you've designed us to do that as your church. And uh, just pray that this special day we can honor you and, and cherish you for all that you and your Son and the Holy Spirit are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Last week, we went over these three words. Remember these three words? Singularity, plurality, and equality. And why are they important? Anyone want to chip in? Why is singularity important? One God. Not multiple gods. Excellent. And those verses there for you to jot down if you didn't get them last week. But why is plurality important? Trinity. Good. The Trinity is found within God, right? A couple other verses. We've, of course, we've had a lot more that we've jotted down, but uh, you can refer back to your other notes for those. Are these two in contradiction of each other? No. I'm seeing head shake. No. Why not? They're all God? Okay. One God, right? Three persons. They're, remember the word, they're complementary. They, they actually go together. It's one God, and he reveals himself in three persons, right? And why is this word important in quality? All equal. Right. Excellent. We always got to keep these, these phrases in mind as we talk about the Trinity. Okay. Uh, to those three words, we must add a concept that is important to understanding the relationship between the persons. The functional subordination. So amid the equality of the persons of the triune God, there is submission, and this is tricky. The Son's submission to the Father does not make them unequal, the same with the Holy Spirit, right? Everyone's on the same page with that? We went over that already? Okay. New Testament passages. These are the ones that we covered. Right? We covered these already? You were there. <laughs> Seems like it's been a while. <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of me. What page is that on, guys? Someone got that in front of me? Nine, nine. nine. So, does anybody need page nine? Oh. Oh, people do. Okay. I need to go make copies. Okay. okay. Sorry. Dean, stop our time. <laughs> <laughs> we will get there. So this is on. This is on page nine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the Father's authority. Incarnate Christ, we see that in Matthew 27, 46, and John 
couple of passages in John, we see the son's submission. Also in Matthew, John, Philippians. And the spirit's submission to the father. And he's sent by the son as well. Can anyone take a jab at how that works and how that's explained? Just what we've read before already in this class or even on your own? Yeah, the submissions. Okay. Good. Yeah. And how do we see that portrayed in Scripture? What does it What does it say to show us that? Just said that he tells us what the Father wills. Right. 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 That's right. Yeah, a lot, and we see a lot of that in John, um, and throughout the whole New Testament. But John really gets explicit with talking about the son's submission to the father. And he does what he is told by the father. He does the father's will. It's not my own, my will, but the father's will, right? Um, we see that he is sent by the father, and that portrays uh, a level of submission uh, from the son to the father and the spirit as well, as James was saying. The spirit was sent by the father, and then we see the spirit was sent by the son, and then, then we see the spirit is sent by the father and the son, Together. Who sends the Father? Oh, no one. Right. Okay. So that's why we can see as we read through Scripture and just taking Scripture at its word that the submission is um, from the Son and from the Spirit to the Father, right? Is it a forced submission? It's willful. The son does this gladly. He took the form of man uh, gladly and became incarnate for us. Okay. So with all of that in mind, uh, we're going to talk about some illustrations. What to ask yourself when you hear an illustration of the Trinity. Okay, first question you want to ask. What is God in this illustration, okay? So as you're talking with someone or if you're on online somewhere and you're watching a video, you're hearing a podcast, um, these are questions that you need to ask yourself. And if you can interact, ask, ask the person that uh, you're interacting with. What is God? Is each person presented as fully God on his own? Okay, another good question there. Is each person, in quotes, right? Because we talked about person, presented as fully God on his own, and are the components in existence simultaneously? Who else needs pages 9 and 10? Okay. 9 and 10, pages 9 and 10? I hope there's no else. <laughs> okay. So here's three questions to ask yourself as we're looking at illustrations of the Trinity. Remember, this is one of uh, the more difficult things uh, to talk about and to explain. And we want to be able to wrap our heads around the, the basics of this so we can have conversations about it, um, starting within our own homes, starting with our children's, 
and uh, going throughout our family and being able to talk to our neighbors and then people we, we bump into or run into or like I said, online, social media. But these are, these are great questions to start with. So let's look at this. Now remember these questions. What is God? Is each person presented as fully God on his own and are the components in existence simultaneously? So looking at this three-leaf clover, can you answer these questions? Anyone want to take a shot? Remember, what is God in this? Let's answer that first. What is God in this illustration? The three-leaf clover. What is God? The, the clover itself? Okay. Okay, that's, that answers the, the first question we need to answer. So good. Next one is, is each person presented as fully God on his own? You're saying no? Anyone say yes? Okay, why not? So, there, if, if we take off the sun, and then what does that leave us? Does that leave us a three-leaf clover? No. What do you have? So is God complete without that third leaf? Okay. Blame the sun. The leaf of the sun by himself is not a three-leaf clover. Mm -hmm. And the three-leaf clover is God in the illustration, and so the sun just becomes a third of God apart from the clover. Right. It's not represented as fully God when you take one of the parts off. Okay, last question. Are they components in existence simultaneously? Are the components in existence simultaneously? So for this illustration. Yeah. The illustration, right? Yeah. And right. I think that's why people like to use that one is because then that's true. Right? You have the three leaves together. Right. Who's, who's heard this explained just talking about the Trinity in any form, fashion, or explanation from anyone? couple folks, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard it too, just a simple explanation, usually um, told to children, right, as uh, a way for them to try and wrap their mind around this. Is this a good illustration? Okay, so, so should we take caution in using this to explain it to our children? Reject it. <laughs> <laughs> we should reject it, as Jeremy says. Okay, so don't go this route. Um, when you're thinking of how am I going to explain the, the Trinity to anyone, especially including our children, this will be super easy for them to just grasp and not be able to let go too, right? So um, take caution using this illustration. It's not going to uh, give God the justice he's, he deserves when we're explaining the Trinity. Any other thoughts on this three-leaf clover? This is... Partialism, God is made up of three parts, Father, Son, and Spirit. The three persons combine to be the one substance, but they have to be combined to be fully God. So that's your blank on there when it comes to heresy name, it's partialism, it teaches that God is made up of three parts, that's the three of those. So... Back to our key words, this, to combat this, we want to be able to 
explain equality and singularity, right? Those, those terms we spent quite a bit of time on, and we'll keep spending time on it as need be. And then here's some more references. Some of these you already have down, but if you need them again, please write them down. Deuteronomy 6.4. Some of you know that off the top of your head, right? The great Shema. John 8.58 and John 10.30 and 31. Good passages to be familiar with as someone uses this to explain the Trinity and why that illustration uh, isn't proper and we shouldn't use it. Everyone got that? Okay, proponents. St. Patrick <laughs> allegedly invented this and it was done by well-intentioned Christians trying to explain the Trinity uh, in a way that we can use our words and our limited capacity to do so. But should partialism be understood as heresy? Looking for heads nodding. See a yes. One yes. Does that mean everyone else is no? <laughs> what do you think? Is this heresy? Yes, okay, good. Yeah, because God can't be divided into three parts. <coughs> That's a bad illustration. Okay, good. Okay, remember those three questions. Take a look at this picture. At the bottom we have the sun, and that's divided out into three parts as heat, light, and the main body. So what is God in this illustration? The sun, okay. And what about the three components? Good. The, with, there is no light and heat without the main body. The main body produces light and heat. These are all functions of the sun. The light and the heat aren't there without the main body. Okay, good. Do they all three exist at the same time? Yes. Okay. So, subordinationism. That's the heresy. So heresy name under sun here is subordinationism. You have your notes, Steve? Do you need notes? <laughs> I don't have them. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. So this is a heresy name, subordination. God the Father is God. The Son and the Spirit are creations of God. Son and Spirit have a lesser essence. So do you guys see that with the, the illustration? That the, the light and the heat are creations of the main body. And so if you're using that to explain the Trinity... 
and you're saying like the Son is the light and the Spirit is the heat, you're saying that the Father is the, the main God and the Son and the Spirit are creations or productions of the main God. And therefore they have to have a lesser essence. So to combat this, explain equality, how God is equal. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are equal in essence, in power and authority. John 1, verses 1 through 18. Good examples of that. 17, 5, we went over that before as well. And Hebrews 9, 14 is... Good references, write those down, keep those in mind. Okay, proponents, Arius, this view is also known as Arianism, which would be what Jehovah's Witnesses would believe. Should subordinationism be understood as, as heresy? And why is that? How do the Jehovah's Witness use this in their um, proselyting and as they're teaching others? They're teaching that Jesus and the Spirit are created beings, which is right. Right. Yeah, they're teaching that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are created that. God creates them, and therefore they had a beginning, and they aren't eternal, so they, if they're not from eternity past, then they can't be equal with God, right? Anything he creates is lesser than him. He, can, he cannot create something that's equal to him because it has to have a beginning point, where he has no beginning point. He has existed forever in eternity past. So Jesus is either creature or savior. He cannot be both a creature and a savior. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus can't be both. He is one or the other. So yeah, the Jehovah's Witness would take this and they would have to um, input their own uh, uh, words into scripture. They translate it to fit the box that they want their, their teachings to fit in, right? Anyone have an example of talking to a Jehovah's Witness and, and how they would change uh, John 1, what they would say in John 1? I haven't actually myself, but I've, I've heard it explained um, that way. Would they put in a, a God? Mm-hmm. Right. Right, because how does John 1 read? The beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And they can make a, a simple translation error, keep that in mind, and say the word was a God. Right? That sound familiar to something else around here? Yeah, a little bit, right? They might not use that translation, but as, um, as it's taught that God the Father is, is greater than God the Son and God the Spirit uh, in the LDS uh, organization as well. Okay, so this is heresy, right? We reject this. Do not teach our children this. Right. Whoa, what's that? Jeremy and his brothers. 
Oh, wait, he doesn't have any brothers. <laughs> Only child over here. Okay. This heresy name, tritheism. Okay. Oh, so it's supposed to be triplets. That's the important part is that the Father, Son, and the Spirit are like triplets. Triplets, yep. Yep, we got triplets here. So this is going to be tritheism. God's one purpose revealed in three different beings. This sounds familiar too, right? Heavenly Father, Christ, and the Holy Ghost are gods. The three together are the Godhead. Anyone ever heard this illustration used before? Or have you gone up to Temple Square and seen the statues of the Father and the Son looking exactly the same, appearing to Joseph Smith? <laughs> they look exactly the same. Interesting, right? So to combat this, this is where singularity, where God explains explicitly in Scripture that there is one God. Even the demons know that God is one, right? Genesis 1, 26. Another example there, 1 Timothy 2, 5 and James 2, 19. So it sounds like the last one and this one together kind of combined um, in some teachings, heretical teachings, right? Piecing different uh, thought process together to, to come up with a theology that conforms to what, what these religions want to teach. Okay, so proponents, subordinationism, subordinationists, Arius, that would uh, fall under LDS. And the question we want to ask, should tritheism be understood as, as heresy? Yes. Why is that? Multiple gods under this belief. And scripture tells us there's how many gods? Just one God, right? Going back to the definition on the slide before, yeah. of, what, of what tritheism is, the, it's why the, our terminology is so important. When people say, like that first line there, three different beings... It's really important that we distinguish between being and person, like we've been talking about the last couple of weeks in here. When you start saying there are multiple beings, now you're saying there are multiple gods. You've just left Christian monotheism and you've entered into something else. So it's really key. This setup leads to uh, even more gods than just three as well, right? This continues on and on and on. Okay. 
Well, yeah, that one, that one's definitely a heresy. Getting further down the heresy hole as we look at these different illustrations. I have a question. Yeah, question. Can you look at that word, Aaronists? Aaronists? Aaronists. That's from... It goes back to, like, the Aaronist people? Arian? Arians, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's white. Well, no, so the so Arius, you see his name up there. Yes. That was a guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, a guy in the early church named Arius, and his followers are called Arians. Okay. Right. Yeah. And now today there are like no one's gonna call themselves Arians, but Jehovah's Witnesses, they come from his line of thinking. He oh. he taught that Jesus was created by the Father. I've heard that word Arian is used in a lot of different Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. Kind of like the difference between Arminians and Armenians. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes we'll talk about Arminians theologically, and people will think they're talking about from the country Armenia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> they're, they're like a form of really racist people. Uh huh. Yeah. I, think, I think the area she's talking about is also spelled differently. Has a Y Oh, Okay. Yeah. Like really right. Right, yeah. Yeah, different concept here. Definitely. Good. No, there might clarify. be some crossover. Maybe there are some Aryan well, Aryans. I don't but. know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Any other thoughts on, on our tritheism here? In the family photo? <laughs> okay. Now take a look at this. God and water. Have you heard God is like water? The Trinity is like water. Have you heard that before? Have you heard that explained? What do what do they say? Three different manifestations. Okay, good. Three different manifestations. James says, and they are liquid, solid, gas. Liquid, solid, gas. Right? Water can take these three forms. But it can't be in all three forms at all at one time. Good. Right? Did you hear that? It can't be all three forms at the same exact time. So in this illustration, what what is God? Oh, that, yeah, that's really critical for this one because what is God in this illustration is that individual H2O molecule, right? Uh, not just the concept of water. It has to be that that molecule, and that molecule cannot be all three at the same time. Obviously, there's water all around us all the time. It's in those three forms, but that's just water generally. The individual molecule has to take turns. And that's the critical part of that illustration and why it fails. So maybe um, you've used this before to explain the Trinity. Um, I know I was taught this uh, growing up just as a child. Again, it was something that was simple to explain, to try and explain to, to children. Um, and if that's the case... You know, you got to look at this and say, is that right or is that wrong? Can all three components exist at the same time? 
we already know the answer, right? It's got to change form to be one or the other. But in some way, fashion, or form, these illustrations start leading us down the path of something to explain, right? Something we can wrap our minds around. So they're, they're easy to cling to, and um, they seem easy to explain, and, and they are, because our, our God and Trinity is a concept that's not easy for us to um, explain and very difficult to understand ourselves and wrap our mind around. So we have to take what Scripture gives us and piece it all together in all of Scripture, right? Not just one part and one piece and rest on that. It, it's all of Scripture together. Modalism. So God takes different modes in the illustration of water, and it's called modalism. God is singular, but not simultaneously plural, right? He manifests himself in the three ways, and there are three modes of God. And this is probably the most popular heresy out of the four that we're looking at this morning. Um, you know, they believe there is just that one H2O molecule. There's only one God. But he is sometimes the Father, sometimes the Son, sometimes the Spirit. Which is, I mean, that, yeah, that's a real heresy that people believe. And when Christians use that illustration, that's what they're teaching, even though... Of course, it's innocent most of the time, but right. that is a big heresy that's pretty popular. So to combat this, you're going to explain plurality, right? Because what issues do we have? Um, simple scripture we can, we can think of uh, without even having to know the, the verses exactly. That would just destroy this example of modalism. Jesus being baptized. There. Right, absolutely. The baptism, right there. We see the Father, we hear the Father, we see the Son, and we see the Spirit come down in the form of a dove, right? All three at the same time, in existence. The question that pops up sometimes um, from non-Christians are, well, is Jesus just praying to himself if he's God? Right, he would he would have to be with this example, because um, if he's just manifested as one of these beings at a time, he'd be Jesus praying on earth, and then he'd have to go up in heaven to receive that prayer. Right, like back and forth, back and forth. It'd be kind of silly when we start looking at scripture and just the simplicity of of scripture and taking it at its face value. Yeah, this this doesn't work. This doesn't work. But Christians use this a lot to explain the, the Trinity in a simple, dumbed-down form and with, with good intention, but not realizing uh, it's actually heretical. Genesis 1.26 sure pops up a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a key scripture. We get a lot 
of our information and theology right at the very beginning of Genesis, where it should be, right? Where it should be. Without Genesis 1, our faith falls apart. And then uh, Matthew 3, 16 and 17, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Those are good as well, so jot those down. Make sure you got those. Okay, everyone got that for their notes? Sibelius, this view is also known as Sibelianism. Did I say that right? Yep. Ish. <laughs> Unitarianism, not universalism. Uh, United Pentecostal. Oneness Pentecostals. Be proponents of this. Oneness, obviously, explaining that title there, right? That he is... One form of God at a time. The, the big name in that group is T.D. Jakes. If you've ever seen his books at Walmart and stuff, the big big black guy down in Texas, T.D. Jakes is a mobilist. Any reason this should not be heresy? Hands? Hands? This is definitely a heresy. Okay. Good for you to know. It's good to go over these so when you see them or hear them explained, you can recognize it yourself. Um, and if there's, you know, believers around or in the area or your children are there or other members of the church, um, you know, make sure to say something. It's, it's easy, especially for uh, baby believers or children, um, to hear something and just believe it because an adult's telling it or teaching it, right? Um, they, they want to learn and uh, they'll pick up on it real quick. Ever heard this one? <laughs> what? This is a bad one. God is like an egg. Why is that bad? You got the three parts, right? The outer shell. It's like Oh, this, this is where we're yeah, okay. So this falls under partialism, right? There's three parts. So as we go through some of these, we're gonna um, show you the picture and let's see if you can name what they what they would fall under. What's this? Very good. Yep. One actor, multiple persons. So what's the name of this one? James just said it. Modalism. Modalism. There we go. Okay, good. Modalism, that's right, because the one actor's playing all these characters and having to change in and out of that costume how many times, right? That would be modalism. We're not promoting that movie here this morning. Just so you know. I just watched that movie. That's on your own time. Okay. What about an apple? What, what does this fall? What category does this fall under? You got the core and the meat and the skin, I guess. Is what I'm it's looking pretty good. We got three and one here, right? No. No? Tell me why not. I want to be able to explain this. And you take the seed and you plant it and it grows. Isn't that good? Partialism. 
Yeah. It's been coming. It's been coming. <laughs> Lots of reasons why. There you go. You got it. Partialism. And you'll notice, like, that's a book that someone wrote to explain God, a tract or something, a pamphlet, I don't know. But these are real things that you come across in life here. So. Joanne Mark Hessen. So if you see that name, don't, <laughs> don't pick those books up. Don't buy those for your kids. Yeah. Okay, good. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're cute. This is made for children. This just makes sense, right? Look, the Holy Ghost has a sheet over with the eyes, you know. My son would love that. He would take to this. Okay, what does this fall under? Good. Tritheism. Not God. Good, right? <laughs> Not God and it's tritheism. <laughs> okay. Be prepared for this stuff. Uh, you'll see it more and more if you're looking out for it. And you'll see it in, in books, magazines, online, uh, Facebook and Twitter, stuff like that. Okay, so we had the apple, the skin, the flesh, the seeds, the egg, shell, the white, and the yolk, water, right? Water, ice, steam, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and our picture over there on the bottom right. And this is like a meme or something that somebody made thinking all those illustrations are all good, but they're all like right? contradicting each other. So when you, when you see this, when you experience it, just automatically click, nope, not good, this is bad. Bad illustration, and we reject it. Okay, our triangle here is gonna point us to the heresy. If we take away one of the lines, It'll point us to the right one. So you see on top, you got subordinationism and partialism. And that's where singularity and plurality used to point to that. Modalism here on the left side, where singularity and equality, the three are equal. It points to that. And uh, tritheist and partialism, when you put together plurality and equality. So this will help you understand where these heresies are coming from and what they're using um, to get there. So take note on that on your page. We got some more practice. Good? Okay. So plurality and equality. Again, you're looking at the tritheist and the partialism. What do we lose? Yep. So those three terms that I've taught you, you, you need to keep all three of those going. If you leave one of them out, you will end up, you will arrive at a heresy. Okay? So if you say, well, God is obviously plural and each one is God, you know, you'll, you'll 
try to end up in one of the, you'll end up in one of these places, which is bad. So you just got to keep in mind um, that all three terms have to be employed all the time. Okay, when we look at singularity and equality, we get modalism. And what do we lose? Plurality. Yeah, without plurality, we end up with modalism. And that it's important to remember that plurality is simultaneous. Because a modalist, a, a, like a oneness Pentecostal, if you ever interact with one of those, will say, yeah, we believe there's Father, Son, and Spirit, but not at the same time. That's the issue. Okay. And then when we take away equality, we end up with subordinationism and partialism, right? Because then they're not equal. One has created the other. There's parts of God. They're not equal in essence or substance. Three-leaf clover, you take the part away, then it's not fully God, right? Subordinationism. Without the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we're not created. Heresy, 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 right? So remember, those three phrases, that's, again, why it's important that we learn those together. Make sure those are in your mind when you're thinking about the Trinity and why they're important. They are, they are very important. Okay. Any thoughts on how that comes together? Does that make sense for you guys? The triangle and how that helps point us to the heresy that uh, we could be facing? Okay. Here's an illustration that we have. It's not the water one. The water one had this in it, but this is without that, right? We see, what is God? Ask yourself that question. And are the three in existence simultaneously? It's not so much an illustration as it is just a diagram of how to conceptualize it. So in their in their notes, Dean, they've got where they can fill this in. Yeah, on the <clears throat> bottom part. Yep. The very bottom one. So you can see connecting on the ends of the, the triangle where it says this is not. The Son is not the Father, the Father is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Son. But the Son is God, the Father is God, and the Spirit is God. So you can fill that out, out on the bottom part of your notes. This is how we can try to illustrate this as best we can. 
without falling into heretical ideas. Everyone got that? An illustration for God must be conceptual, not material. Time and math are areas where somewhat appropriate illustrations are found. So uh, a very simple one that may or may not be a good illustration, but it gets us closer. It's like one times one times one equals one. It's not, it's not as satisfying as an apple or an egg or the nutty professor, <laughs> but, but it's, it helps us get there. Or time, past, present, and future exist. And the past is not the present, the present is not the future, the future is not the past. But again, they're all going to fall somewhat short. All fall short, yeah. But it's a lot closer than water. Right? Us as, as finite beings are going to fall short trying to explain our infinite God um, to anyone else. So again, just think of that. It must be conceptual. It's not material. As Jeremy explained, time and math are areas where somewhat appropriate illustrations are found. Clear as mud, right? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a difficult one. And we need to do our best to wrap our brain around it together um, and, and learn together and be able to understand what's proper and what's not proper as we think about the Trinity in our own heads and as we begin to explain it to anyone else. Um, it can be fearful to try to explain the Trinity to, to someone you love, um, whether they're believers or not. Um, that can be a challenge you don't feel like you're, you're adequate for. Um, and this is why we want to go over some of these things. And this is why we want to spend time to sit on the basic fundamentals of Christianity. And, and the Trinity is part of that, right? And we're never going to be able to explain it fully and perfectly in a way that it's just going to make sense to the whole world. This has been something that, you know, people have, have struggled with their entire life and from generations. But we want to be able to say what's not the Trinity Right, And we want to be able to believe in God um, as Scripture explains Him as best we can. But don't be afraid uh, to approach the area if you're in a situation where this comes up in life. Um, you need to speak up for your God and for your faith and, and belief. And even if you can't explain things in, in the way like Jeremy would be able to explain it, that's, that's okay. The, the effort to be able to put forth and say what's not right, um, you know, still gives glory to our God and brings him glory when, when we can say something is not correct and that's not a representation of what we believe. Kind of like uh, the illustration gets used a lot for like Christian, defending the Christian faith is with uh, people who work at banks to spot a counterfeit, you don't have to go out and learn every counterfeit that exists. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you need to learn what the true bill is like 
And if you do that, you'll be able to spot any counterfeits that come across, no matter what they try to do, because they're going to mess up somewhere. Right. And so with this, is if you can get down singularity, plurality, equality, and you just have that down, you'll be fine. Right. Yeah, I've heard that explained multiple times. That if you can understand what the real one is, the best you'll be able to spot the false ones. And so those of you that have been in the Bible longer and have studied it longer and, and are more familiar with multiple different passages, um, it'll be easier for you to spot that. And those of you that are younger um, in your faith or in the Bible and haven't spent as much time in that, it's not going to be as easy to spot. And that's where asking those questions is going to come in crucial for you as, as things are presented. Um, a lot of this, you know, especially for younger generations, is going to be online. It's going to be less in person because people don't want to be politically incorrect in person, right? And talk about religion. Building face, your online business. Face to face, but they want to do it uh, on social media. Um, something to, to take thought of and take caution of as parents and as, as young folks, you know, a couple of you in here that are going to be on social media a lot. It's, it's just something you need to be prepared for and, and understand as best you can. Ask those questions. What is God in this illustration? And is, uh, are the three components there simultaneously and are they equal? And if, if you can answer all those appropriately and you still don't feel good about it, then ask you know, a, a friend, a parent, someone in the church, uh, a believer to see if that's an appropriate illustration or not. Um, but we want to be able to combat that. We want to be able to see it for ourselves. We want to help each other grow. And the more time you spend in, in the Word and in the Bible, the more clear that'll, that'll become to all of us. We got a funny video. You should just be able to hit the space bar when you're ready. And we're, we're ready to play this, so hang on to your seats. <laughs> Okay, Patrick, tell us a bit more about this Trinity thing. Yeah, Patrick, tell us. But remember that we're simple people without your fancy education and books and learning, and we're hearing about all of this for the first time. So try to keep it simple, okay, Patrick? Yeah, real simple, Patrick. Sure, there are uh, three persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yet there is only one God. Don't get what you're saying here, Patrick. Not picking up what you're laying down here, Patrick. Could you use an analogy, Patrick? Sure. Uh, Trinity is like uh, water and how you can find water in three different forms. Liquid, ice, and vapor. That's modalism, Patrick! What? Modalism. An ancient heresy confessed by teachers such as Noetus and Sibelius, which espouses that God is not three distinct persons, but that he merely reveals himself in three different forms. This heresy was clearly condemned in Canon 1 at the First Council of Constantinople in 381 AD, and those who confess it cannot rightly be considered a part of the Church Catholic. Come on, Patrick! Get it together, Patrick! Okay, uh, then the Trinity is like uh, the sun in the sky, where you have the star, and the light and the heat. Oh, Patrick. Come on, Patrick. That's Arianism, Patrick. 
Arianism? Yes, Arianism, Patrick. A theology which states that Christ and the Holy Spirit are creations of the Father and not one in nature with him. Exactly like how heat and light are not the star itself, but are merely creations of the star. That's a bad analogy, Patrick. You're the worst, Patrick. All right, sorry. The Trinity is like uh, this three-leaf clover. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> hold your horses, Patrick. You're about to confess partialism. Partialism? Yes, partialism. A heresy which asserts that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not distinct persons of the Godhead, but are different parts of God, each composing one third of the divine. And who confesses the heresy of partial? The first season of the cartoon program Voltron, where five robot lion parts were together one giant robot samurai, obviously. I've never heard of Voltron. Of course you haven't. It's not going to exist for another 1,500 years now, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, get with the program, Patrick. I mean, really, Patrick. I'm going to stab you in the face, Patrick. <laughs> okay, that was probably a bit much. All right, I'll try again. Uh, the Trinity is like how the same man can be a husband and a father and an employer. Modalism again. All right, then it's like the three layers of an hour. Partialism revisited. Fine. The Trinity is a mystery which cannot be comprehended by human reason, but is understood only through faith and is best confessed in the words of the Athanasian Creed, which states that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance, that we are compelled by the Christian truth to confess that each distinct person is God and Lord, and that the deity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one, equal in glory, co-equal in majesty. Well, why didn't you just say that, Patrick? Now some giant green foam hats get riotously drunk and vomit on the Chicago River to celebrate our conversion. Well, there you go. Now you are fully educated. Make some fun of it, right? Okay. Any last um, questions, thoughts, um, concerns with any other illustrations maybe you've heard or come across in your lifetime or Christianhood? Thoughts on the Trinity itself and our three parts that are three words that we need to make sure that we... Um, Remember and look for any any illustrations of the Trinity. Okay, everyone's got it. Rock solid. Review your notes. That's why we give you notes. Test next week. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be here. Oh wait, we're not having Sunday school next week. Okay, well I guess you're off the hook. A test on Christmas Day. That would be. <laughs> test on Christmas Day to see if you pass. Yeah. That'd be fun. But yeah, next week we're not we're not doing Sunday school, right? We're doing our normal main service. So um, for those that'll be here, come just prepared to enjoy and have some really, really sweet fellowship. Uh, we will, my wife and I and children will be gone, so we'll be sad for that. Uh, but uh, I look forward to coming back and um, being with you guys soon after that. So that'll be good. And then we'll pick back up January 1st, right, Mr. Howard? Yep. Okay. We, we will have Sunday school on New Year's Day. Yep. For those of you who get enough sleep. Yep. <laughs> so plan on it. Come. Come prepared for, yeah, New Year's <laughs> Day. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, you're going to stay up an extra hour. You're not in California anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll pray and then we can go fellowship.
Father God, thank you again for um, just your glory and your majesty. Thank you for uh, revealing yourself in the Trinity. And Lord, I pray that you can help our minds and our, our hearts grasp the pieces and parts of this now in each of our um, walk with you to just help complete our foundation and help us uh, to grow our faith and our strength, knowing that we, we can't know any of this and believe this without you and the spirit that you have within us. So please give us strength through the spirit and just grow us, Lord. Help us grow together as a church. We pray for those that aren't here today and ask for your blessings on them. And for all those that will be traveling for the holidays, Lord, we just lift them up to you and ask for safety and, and travel as uh, many are going many different directions. And uh, we love your church, Lord. We love your body. Help us uh, to just serve one another in the way that you serve us every day. And I pray in Jesus' name.